Matt Croak, you have been with the Reduce Shakespeare Company podcast from its very inception. You were one of the key motivators to make the Reduce Shakespeare Company podcast happen. And now this is episode 777. We've been doing this for 777 weeks. And in three episodes, we will hit our 15th anniversary. What do you think, Matt? Should we change it up? Do something different for year 16? I think it's time to change it up, but it's it's great to see that you're still using a device that is 15 years old. Please take a picture of this and post it. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, number 777, Change the Podcast? On the eve of the Reduce Shakespeare Company podcast's 15th anniversary, I got together with old friend, podcast host in his own right, and RSC actor and consigliere Matt Croak, who has advised on the podcast from the very beginning 15 years ago. I've been wondering for months whether some sort of change is due for the RSC podcast, some necessary evolution, some change in format or in content or in emphasis. And while I'm having this conversation with Matt Croak, I want to hear from you, too. If you have any opinions about this podcast, something that bugs you, something you change, something you wish there was more or less of, even if you just want to say the podcast is perfect the way it is, the comments are open on our website, ReducedShakespeare.com, or you can send an email to feedback at ReducedShakespeare.com, or you can post a comment to us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. For now, though, please enjoy what Matt Croak thinks about where the podcast should go from here. It seems like there should be truth in advertising, right? If you're hosting a podcast, if you're producing a podcast, it should be recorded with an iPod. I think I'm honestly one of the only podcasts out there still using an actual second or third generation iPod. Um, it's a question I've been thinking about for a while, actually. Should we change it up? I mean, what I love doing about the podcast, is, aside from the fact of just loving, loving doing it every week, is that um, I've got it down to a system. I sort of know how it works. I don't have to rethink it every week. I just kind of plug in the new new content and top and tail it, and it's fun and it's easy. But I'm also wondering, is the audience growing bored of this? Every week I ask, um, send your thoughts to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com and uh, I rarely get any feedback. Um, so so, so you and me talking on the eve of our 15th anniversary is, is my excuse to get people to tell me what they think should be done with the podcast now, and you're the first person I'm asking. Well, and to be fair, I am a podcast consumer, and I also host a podcast. You know, let's talk audience, because that is the bread and butter, and I don't think, and there's nothing wrong with it, I don't think people do engage. I don't. I listen to it. I don't give feedback, but we do it is the question, who is your audience? Yeah. And it's weird because we're talking, that, that's right, you audience listeners, we're talking about you. We don't know who you are. Who the hell are you, people? <laughs> we have to figure out who you are because it drives content. It drives, yeah. you know, it, it drives interaction. So let's 
just talk about the audience. Well, for and a second. this podcast began as a as a sort of a value added feature, a DVD extra for our fans around the world, uh, where we for for those times when we weren't performing at a theater near them. Every week there would be some sort of RSE content. But over the years, I'm sure it has shifted away from just our fans, or or in addition to just our fans, we now have theater fans generally, fans of comedy students of theater, fans of theater, Shakespeare nerds, old and young, mm-hmm. um, but I don't really know the demographic makeup of, of the audience. Well, the industry has changed. I mean, I think that's part of what's interesting about you, what's what's going to be good and bad, is that more people are now listening to podcasts. When you started, it was, it was it's a niche podcast for a niche industry. It's becoming less of a niche industry. Yeah. And so, you have to ascertain, are you talking to, are you a theater podcast? Are you a comedy podcast? Podcast. Are you a Shakespeare podcast? Yeah. And you want to find that route. And number one, you can either lead the way and people follow, or you can find out what people want and then take that feedback. Yeah. But I really think it's probably a lead and follow. Right. You have so much, you know, and you're going to have to put up a lot of compliments here. You have so much different areas, aspects of yeah. your writer, you're an actor, you're a Shakespeare buff, you're a sci-fi buff. So then, and I gave you no time to prepare for this deep question, so let's start with the question. You know, Second City's done a great job associating improv and business. So Simon Sinek, uh, is a great business guy, uh, wrote a book called Starts With Why. It's a great TED Talk, Starts With Why. So why do you do the podcast? What's your why? My why is to demystify the theatrical creative process. Um, I have so many interesting conversations with artists and comedians all the time when I'm on the road and even when I'm here just stuck at home during a pandemic. So many great conversations about how we do what we do in mostly the theater business, but also the film and television business. And and these sorts of conversations I love because they aren't artsy fartsy. Mm-hmm. They're 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 nuts and bolts. They're bread and butter. There is, you know, the, this is the, what we do is a craft. It's it can be an art, but what but it's done by craft. And uh, and I feel like the conversations on the Reduce Shakespeare Company podcast are hopefully entertaining, hopefully funny. Uh, further attempts to demystify the quote artistic unquote process. Well, and that's where you're, and that's the struggle because you can take that and you can talk to actors, you know, uh, people who want to write comedy, or you can take that and you can connect the dots to people who love Shakespeare. Right. You know, my guess is it's more of a Shakespeare pod. Like you're more the expert on Shakespeare. It has certainly be- increasingly become that uh, in the in recent years, to a point at which I'm wondering, is that helping my audience numbers, or is it diminishing my audience numbers? I wouldn't worry about numbers right now. Okay. You, I, I wouldn't worry about, I mean, you want to worry about engagement. I mean, you definitely want, let me take that back, hold on. You, okay. Yes, you want to worry about numbers, but the numbers will also follow if you pick a path. Well, and that's one thing that we did. We, we early on we we categorized the podcast as performing arts uh, uh, up at iTunes or now Apple Podcast. 
podcasts. And because uh, we thought the people who are interested in us, who are interested in the Reduce Shakespeare Company, are more likely to find us in performing arts than they are likely to find us yeah. in comedy. I'm not 100% sure that was a true thing. And now I'm and now I'm wondering, 15 years later, well, we should be listed in the comedy podcast. You know who our biggest competition in the performing arts category is? No. Old-timey radio dramas. Well, you know what? Okay. You know what that tells me right away? Stories. And actually, I do think you need to get more stories or anecdotes, if you will, yeah. in your interviews. I, I, like, how do you mean? You do a great job interviewing people. Yeah. And it's, it's great to hear you draw people out. But you have a knowledge base of years of experience of, again, touring, acting, writing. We want to hear from you. We want to hear stories of how you, and I'm not, you do a great job connecting the dots. Let us go along for the ride of connecting those dots. If I said to you, if I said to you right now, which Stephen King book is most like a Shakespeare play, what would you say? Oh, boy. Um, The Shining... The stand. Why, why the shining? The shining because it's a tragedy, a tragedy of a man who's um, has to overcome his addictions and and, and a history of abuse both both done to him and done by him, um, and in the end he managed to to save his family, but at the cost of his own life. Which Shakespeare character would make the best captain in Star Trek? Oh, holy moly. Uh, Henry V. When you sit down as an audience member to see a Shakespeare play, how many minutes into that play do you go, this is going to be good, this is going to be crap? Ooh, that's that's tough. It depends on the play, but usually if it's usually if I go to a comedy and at the beginning it's filled with melancholy music and heavy sighing, I know this is going to be a long friggin' afternoon. But it, those three answers, yeah. those are stories I want to hear more of. Oh, you can connect the dots. I want to hear the pop culture. I want to hear how you connect Stephen King because when you connect those dots or you talk more about it, you're gonna. Give anecdotes, and when I say stories, I'm not like once upon a time anecdotes, whatever examples, whatever it is. But I like your interviewing style. But I don't think, and get ready for this, (laughs) audience members, get ready for this. I hope I don't. I don't think there's enough of you in it. And I don't think, no, I know, he's, he's, he's crouched over, ladies and gentlemen, he is crouched over, but not in an egotistical way. What do you want your listeners to know? And do you want them, you know, when you, and you, when you talk about the why and you, you said you can kind of, you know, um, break it down and all that, well, you can do that for a variety of people. So I think you need to lead that charge more. Hello, my name is Will Wheaton. I know, I can't believe it either. And you are listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC? We are still the remote Shakespeare Company until the beginning of 2022, but you can find our next round of performance dates at our website, ReduceShakespeare.com. As always, the very best way to stay up to date about all of our worldwide performance dates is to sign up for the Reduced Reader, our email newsletter. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com and click on the link to subscribe and check out our touring page for specific box office, venue, and ticket information. And now back to my conversation with Matt Croak, talking about whether and how I should change things up with the RSE podcast, and we start Started with some really uncalled for whining.
I'm Matt Croak, it's much easier to just turn the microphone on, have a conversation, and then turn the microphone off. You're telling me, you're telling me I got to think, <laughs> plan, um, craft a narrative. What? That's suddenly we're talking might more work, but I hear what you're saying. And and. Yeah, and all joking aside, you know, in doing a podcast myself, we know we're not getting paid for these or getting paid a lot, right? This is more to either support a, you know, for you, the Renew Shakespeare Company or whatever. So we do have to be cognizant of not putting it too much. But you already kind of put a little teaser or, you know, something at the end of the podcast. You do, you already put some work into it. I think it's not so much that you have to plan more. I just think you have to pick a direction of where you want to go. Because I don't want to be like Mark Maron holding up. I mean, I mean, that's a stupid thing to say because he's well, got huge you millions. Meant style. You meant style. I meant style. Right. Like where he holds forth for 20 minutes before even the conversation right. begins about stuff that I don't care about, what is going on in his day or whatever. I want to hear the interview. But you're saying, well, and I and I think there's I think there's a lot to be said for what you you're saying because I know that the most engagement that the podcast usually gets in 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 the form of people. Responding to it, texting about it, uh, commenting about it, tweeting about it, um, is typically when something serious has happened in our lives. Uh, uh, your wife's Lisa's death, yep. my father's death. That was on um, podcast. Yeah, um, these were podcasts, and it was me being incredibly confessional and personal um, in a way that I'm not typically interested in being. Um, although I'll answer any question honestly that is put to me, but it's not. Do you know what I mean? It's not. I don't feel like I'm. I'm I don't want this to be a self-help podcast or a let-me-help-you-process-your-emotions podcast. I'm glad you pointed out Mark Maron. I'm glad you said that. And I get it. You're not saying Mark Maron is a bad podcast. Let's take the Mark Maron podcast. His first 20 minutes, if you will, and I listen to it, is kind of what's going on in the day and, you know, kind of what's going on and what you're talking about. What I'm talking about is your expertise. I'm not saying you tell us what's going on in your life. I'm not saying we hear, you know, your take on the latest, uh, you know, uh, you know, movie that came out. I'm talking about if I'm a Shakespeare buff, and I want I want to hear from you. If you sit down at a play, yeah. you can say, "Hey, you're looking for this is what I like out of a play." I've you know you I've directed many Shakespeare plays. Let me tell you what I told. I mean, I would be curious right now. You don't have to answer, but what do you tell your you're about to direct a Shakespeare play? Was Cincinnati the last one? What do you tell those actors, or how do you get them prepared, or you know what what's the pep talk or the or the the before the opening day pep talk? Yeah. Those anecdotes, those insights. Yeah. Maybe stories are bad. Go with insights. Yeah. That would be the difference between Mark Maron doing 20 minutes of, or saying, "Come on, Austin, do, give us 20 minutes of of yourself." You're like, oh, yeah. Or finding opportunities to take your craft that you worked with your whole life and tell us inside baseball more about. Yeah. Early on in the RSC podcast, uh, we were doing sort of exactly what you were talking about. It was you were still touring with us, I think, for a while, and it was you, me, and Reed talking about how we got this this particular show up or how we crafted this moment. In fact, top, one of my top ten episodes is the conversation with Dominic Conti about his huge, long dorkalog 
monologue at the end of Completely Hollywood Abridged, breaking down how that monologue came to be. And I love, I mean, that's what you're saying. I, I, you want you want sort of more of insights into the craft, showing how the sausage is made. If people are Shakespeare fans, yeah. tell them something they don't know they don't know. Yeah. You know, they, they give them something they go, oh, I, didn't even, I didn't even know I didn't know that. You know, it's not not unlike like the articles that I write for the Folger every month. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that different spin when you connected WandaVision with Shakespeare, like, yeah. uh, oh, I even, not many people can make that connection, right? Yeah. I mean, you have your sci-fi, you have your Star Trek, you yeah. have your, you have, you, you know, you're a writer, you're an actor. I mean, how many hours on stage, you know, have you put in in front of an audience? Right. You know, you can say, hey, when, when Hamlet's giving one of his speeches, this is what you should be looking for, or boy, this, I, Tell people what they don't know. And I know that's easier said than done. And I think one way you can do it is stories. If you look at David Letterman, I mean, I think for personal preference, Peter O'Toole was probably one of his best guests he ever had. Yeah. I mean, YouTube them. There's like five or six stories. They're amazing. And, and Letterman doesn't do much there. So even if you're doing one-on-one, it's those anecdotes. You know, if, if someone's, you know, written a play or is a Shakespeare scholar or is going to be in a play, less facts of the plays that everyone knows and more stuff that maybe people don't know. And it's difficult because it puts you in that, well, then am I talking as, do actors want to listen to me? Do Is this supposed to be funny? Is this supposed to be for Shakespeare people? I really think that with the... It's interesting. I, I listen to a podcast that does numbers, and they said the number of podcasts created are down, actually, believe it or not. And they discount, you know, ones that have only had two episodes and go away. And so the numbers, believe it or not, are down, and the consumption is up. People consuming podcasts are up. So they're looking, people are looking to consume more information. So it's also not a matter of, well, it's been 15 years, let's change it. The, it you have a bigger audience. Your niche is getting bigger. Interesting. I mean, well, and I'm not at all against the kind of thing you're saying because I have I have realized that over the years the podcast has become sort of my weekly 20-minute college lecture. Yeah. You know, where I'm sharing the insights and information from a, and stories from a guest. Um, 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 but I, I do enjoy the episodes where, like, author, novelist Christopher Moore or you have interviewed me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, where I'll I get to answer the questions. Um, but it feels weird to be both asking and asking myself and then answering the questions. But I but I hear what you're saying. Well, then make it more conversational, less yeah. of an interview. Like have it more of a back and forth, sitting down and sharing ideas. Yeah. You know, and and I'm if there are people listening to this, either going no or yes, contact Austin. Please let them know. But I, as a consumer myself, I don't fault the audience for not reaching out. Well, and yeah, I don't do it either. I, I was just going to say I don't do it either. I mean, all the people that what, what, that uh, that always ask for. I will. I, one thing I do do is I do go on iTunes and I rate the podcasts I like. You know, that's the one thing I do. But I, I rarely comment or go, "Hey, great job," or whatever it is. I, uh, and I guess I don't. I guess I don't do also do that thing where um, I love. 
love it, I love it, I love it, but I have one question or criticism, and so that's the only response I give that. Um, uh, yeah. Well, and you can also, I mean, you Actually, you know what? I'm sorry. I just got on on Twitter. I just got a I just got a question from Tim Young, um, longtime listener, <laughs> and in fact, I think I interviewed him once a dozen years ago, and he asked serious, genuine question. I've always wanted to know what's the difference between box office information and ticket information. Every week, you say, go to our website to check out venue, box office, and ticket information. And I said, that's a really great question. But aside from my love of threes, venue, box office, and ticket information, I mean, box office information is, when's it open? How do you contact it? Is it a website or a phone number? Is it, where can I, where where can I get the tickets? And the ticket information is, how much do they cost? How many are available? Are they good seats or terrible seats? You know, that kind of, that's the distinction there. But I loved getting that question. I like to take everything back that I said. Your podcast should just be about ticket and box office information. Each week, you take a different theater and just explain their ticket and box office information. Gold, Austin. Gold. That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Matt Croak wants more of me in the podcast. Do you? Please send me your thoughts, preferences, what you like, what you change, and your demographic identity via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com or throw a comment to us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram or on our own actual website, reducedshakespeare.com. Thanks, as always, to wizened Jedi Matthew Croak, web services by Ginger Power Limited, music by John Weber and GarageBand. A random fan shout-out this week goes to at Ella Green Eyes on Twitter. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to Will Wheaton, the star of Stand By Me and Star Trek The Next Generation. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. Please stay safe, get vaccinated, and keep your masks on. I'm Austin Titchener, 777-2331sts of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. Wait, wait, do you smell that? Change is in the air, Austin. Change is in the air. This podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less.